Oh, it's such an honour, Danny. Um, to be a part of this amazing podcast you're doing here, and it's just really cool to be talking about this book. You know my work, and you've given it a lot of thought, and um, I don't normally get such good questions, to be honest. <laughs> Your podcast is the one that I listen to when I want to listen to an interviewer who has actually read the books she's asking questions about <laughs> and asks really interesting, insightful questions about it, and I think that's really special. Thank you for your wonderful questions. It was a good chat. Great chat. You're a good interviewer. So enjoy listening to the podcast. That's brilliant what you do. Honestly, I'm so in awe and we need more word nerds like yourself, people that are passionate about books. Thank you for listening to the Words and Nerds podcast. Today, I speak to author Alison Booth in a bite-sized episode about her book, The Philosopher's Daughters. From 19th century London to remote outback Australia, two sisters pulled apart by love are brought together by tragedy. Welcome to the Words and Nerds podcast, Alison Booth. Today, we'll be chatting about your book, The Philosopher's Daughters. Thank you, Danny, and thank you so much for inviting me along. It was a lovely book. I really enjoyed it. And I think um, I just mentioned it was very different to what I've been reading at the moment. So it was a nice change. Uh, For listeners who haven't yet picked up the book, are you able to give us an elevator pitch as to what the book is about? Um, The book is set in the 1890s. And it's about two young women who have been brought up in a very rather intellectual household by their widowed father who is a moral philosopher. And I actually had a particular um, moral philosopher in mind because as a bit, but I'm an economist and I've always been hugely influenced by a a political economist and moral philosopher called John Stuart Mill. And in the 1860s, he wrote a fantastic book called On the Subjection of Women. And I thought, well, that's the sort of man who would have brought up my two girls. And so with with that sort of in mind that I then wanted to have these young women go on an adventure. And I wanted them each to go separately to Australia um, in the 1890s and to be confronted with what Australia was like then. And to end up in the outback, they end up in um, the, what was then the Northern Territory of South Australia. And at a time when there's um, the frontier wars are taking place and there's this absolutely gorgeous scenery, but the dispossession of the um, population who was already there. And so that was a story that I wanted to tell, their reactions, how they, they're very different, these two young women, and how they each reacted to what they saw and how it affected their subsequent development. Mm, That was very clear. And I like how you said you wanted to send them over separately because it just gives you that extra vulnerability, doesn't it? No, no, it wasn't. It was easier for the, the, the daughter who went first, who's actually the younger daughter, because she went with her husband, who's a bit, a bit of an adventurer, um, wanting to see the world and taking his lovely new wife with him. And for her, she's a very happy-go-lucky person anyway. It was, more, it was easier. But for the other daughter, who was very close to her father, she didn't quite know what she wanted to do with her life anyway. Um, she knew she wasn't going to be... Um, 
forced into the you know the standard role of, of wife and mother that she wanted to have some wanted to be able to use intellect on something but character is actually a very um, she's very clever um, and that's a bit of a poison sword really if you're very clever at lots of things well what do you do with your talents if you're not driven in one direction or the other and she as a character was actually much harder to write because of the, the sort of her identity the inner conflict how is she going to end up whereas the other sister was very straightforward to write she she just turned up one day hopped onto the page and I started writing and there she was <laughs> I like that. Now, in terms of extent of research, I mean, obviously we've all learnt about, you know, people voyaging and we've read about these stories, but there, I always find that there are little individual stories when you research that you've never heard of or research that surprises you. Was there something along those lines when you were researching this book? I have to say that almost everything surprised me because it was all new to me. Um, although I, I did a lot of history when I was at school and I'm married to an economic historian and I've always been interested in it. Um, and I only started wanting to write about the Northern Territory when we went up there for the launch of my father's book in um, 2002 or three, I think it was. And then I was really shocked by the level of racism up there. And so I decided that I wanted to set my novel up there. And then I realized, and this was related also to some editing I'd done on my father's novel, I realized that there was a lot that I needed to read up on about the Northern Territory. And I was very fortunate in that the Australian National University, which is where I'm based, um, had a fantastic collection of works by um, various people who had been historically in the territory. Um, and so I read, read all those. I mean, it wasn't a huge collection, but I read it all. And I'm using the past tense here because of the fact that that um, collection got destroyed in a flood a couple of years ago. And they're, they're slowly replacing it, but um, I was very lucky to have been able to read that so conveniently on my front doorstep, more or less. Um, so yes, I did do a lot of reading. Um, it was very enjoyable. I read some, I really started off with a book by Ernestine Hill called The Territory, um, which is a wonderful travel book. And then of course I read Voss and by Patrick White and um, various other books as well. And I, one, piece of literature that particularly intrigued me was a piece that was written by a man called Fred Blakely and this wasn't published until 1908 and it was about a cricket match in Darwin in on the in Port Darwin as it was called then um, and Palmerston and the cricket match was between uh, all the different groups who were living up there. And what struck me was the the way the Aborigines were treated in that match. Um, so I thought that, that that cricket match would be a fantastic framing device for the, uh, the beginning of Harriet, Harriet's journey into the 
outback so that I had the two sisters go to this cricket match and then see different things at this cricket match and then have discussions and that that would lead us, um, would frame the, the, the progression as they went on into the darker parts of the territory. When I say darker parts, they were unknown and they were very um, violent in differing ways. And you explore the casual violence and the great injustices of the outback life in the book and you know how that alienated some of the characters. And I just found that such an interesting part of the book. Can you tell us a bit more about that? Yes. Well, that level of violence, um, I don't think I would have been able to make that up. And the fact that I'd read um, reports of violence in, in the reading that I'd done and so, but the way I wanted to pull it together, I didn't want to have the reader face that level of violence directly um, because I think that, you know, that makes it very, very hard for the reader. So I had um, the observations about the violence were largely, but not always, second hand so that the um there was a very violent character at, at a, a, an adjacent cattle station i almost said nearby cattle station but of course the distances were enormous so you couldn't really call it nearby yes yeah, so there was a very violent character at a nearby at a, an adjacent cattle station who was violent to his um uh, Aboriginal employees, and that was particularly disturbing. Um, and so I wanted to have that relayed through reports of that to the reader. Um, and so that was one device that I used. And also the, there was an, there's another incident in the book um, which involves an attack which was also was something that I did do head on. I think um, you're right when you say, you know, there was violence, but the book isn't all about violence. And what I thought was interesting that it's set in outback Australia and against a landscape of, and it's described at the back of the book, which I really liked, the wild beauty and savage disposition. And I find that they're beautiful juxtapositions of this landscape, which really does describe Australia and all the types of, you know, environments and different places we have here but I think it also reflected the characters as well I mean you were just talking about the violence but that's obviously not all the book is about no 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 um in, in fact the, I, I always feel very much driven by the landscape in all of my writing and the landscape of the northern territory I've had many trips up there since I first went and although I hate the heat it is just such a beautiful landscape it's so lovely and the light is wonderful and the skies are wonderful such depth in the skies and all those gorges that one comes across and the redness of the dirt it's just a wonderful place and and the vegetation i really really love it and i wanted the characters to i think do i think the characters really love it and it, it changes them each of the two 
Harriet and, and Sarah are both changed by their interaction with the landscape. They're changed in different ways, but they're certainly changed. And the other thing that I wanted to do in this novel was to um, con contrast the sort of narrowness in a way of their the lives in Gower Street in London. They lived in, um, they came from a, you know, a narrow terrace house. It was spacious in a way, but it was, it was a confined existence. Um, and then they came to this great open country with open spaces. And uh, that was a real contrast for them in their lives. And I thought that uh, I only realized this after I'd finished the book that Sarah has reacted to the landscape in a very different way to Harriet because Sarah sees it as something that's beautiful and musical. She's musical and also dangerous. She's aware of the dangers and, and, and how you need to take precautions against the dangers. And she does that by learning a new skill with a gun, um, which turns out to be rather useful later on. And whereas Harriet will have nothing to do with a gun and, and she reacts to the landscape in an altogether different way and is profoundly changed by it because it changes the direction that her life will take in the future. Mm. Why was uh, this story important for you to tell? Well, that's a really good question. And I think it probably comes out of the fact that I've always been concerned about uh, equality um, between the races and between genders. And so having the two characters who were women at a time when it was very, very difficult for women, very difficult for women. And then at a time when there are such extraordinary um, racial inequalities, I, I really felt driven to do that. And, and in a way that relates back to being an economist because I've worked on gender issues and, and some work on racial issues as well. And I wanted to do that in fiction. And actually one of the things that did have a profound effect on me when I was living in England, which I did for many years, um, I'll never forget uh, hearing on BBC Radio one evening, the news about from Australia about the bringing, bringing them home report of 1997. This was about the um, the, the children um, who were taken away from their families, and that had a profound effect on me. And and um, that was only what maybe six years before my first visit to the territory, and so I went with that in the back of my head and wanted to do something about that in my own way. So I'm sorry, but I'm going to throw you another tricky question. Why do you write? Um, I write because I'm driven to really. Um, it brings curiously, it brings peace of mind um, because every time I. I get involved in writing something, you know, it's such total concentration um, that you, you forget everything else. Well, I found I forget everything else. You forget the time, you forget what you what else you should be doing, you just get totally involved in it. And I really love that. And sometimes it's frustrating, but mostly I really love it. 
But it's more than that I write, I think, because I want to say something about what I think are important issues that I couldn't say in economics. Um, so in each of my books so far, it's been about, there have been stories that are about things that I couldn't do in writing an economics paper. And so that's another reason why I want to, to write. So I think it's a mixture of, you know, the different issues um, that I want to get across. And also the fact that I need some peace and also the fact that I love writing about the landscape. I'm not good enough to be a painter, but I can write about the landscape and, and I really love doing that. Well, I think they are two very good reasons to find peace and to then be able to unpack and explore important issues. And I think that's a very good reason because that's why I do this podcast, talking about literature and how literature can have a positive impact on the world. Even if it's small, it, um, I think it can. So I think they're two very good reasons. Oh, thank you.